Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Learn more at southcities.church. Do we have any competitors for that domain name? So like southcities.com, scc.net, or sc.net, whatever it is. Were there competitors to that, or was it always going to be southcities.church? I, I don't remember. Uh, we pretty quickly moved straight towards that. Didn't somebody like snap up a whole bunch of domain names back when we were? Yeah, we had about mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16 of them reserved. Yeah. And then landed on that one. Way to go, whoever did that. When does branding stuff happen, Ethan? When do we like, are we going to have the marquee out there changed by the road and the stuff on the doors change? Will that just happen sometime this year? Yep. So we've got um, a prioritized list of which things are uh, throughout the building that need to be replaced uh, that have either Bethlehem's logo or uh, the actual words on it. But if it's functional, you know, if it's got like a room number on it, we're leaving it for now because it's useful. And when we don't have a replacement, it that wouldn't be good to just get rid of stuff like that. Yeah. So um, we'll slowly be replacing it. Um, but highest on the list, priority wise, is the monument sign down by the road. So, but luckily, since it's the same company, we don't have to replace the whole sign. We can just take off the front faceplate. It's just like eight screws. And That's then great. put a new faceplate on That's with great. the lights inside and it'll be good to go. So hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. Cool. That'd be great. Well, guys, on this sunny edition of Pastoring Out Loud, because the I, sun I feel, is out. I and feel like you're near falling asleep right now. Mid 40s. <laughs> Why am I near falling asleep? Just You suddenly got very calm chill, and your chill. voice relaxed. And oh. You leaned back in your chair. Might be because my feet are up on the desk and... I'm doing the Nick thing and holding the microphone right up to to my face while I'm leaning back. But that could be the case. Maybe this is a pathway forward towards increased peace in Christ for me. So this upcoming Friday, today is Wednesday the 15th, the Ides of February. I don't know if anybody needs to get stabbed today. Oh, that's the Ides of March. Whoops. Sorry. It's March with Julius Caesar and all that. Um, this upcoming Friday is our marriage night, not a marriage retreat this mm-hmm. year, Stacy. Yep. Uh, why? Why not a retreat? Why a night? Well, I think sometimes it's nice to just simplify and maybe just get one message that you're trying to go home and apply with your spouse, rather than you know. Sometimes hearing three is like a lot. You and Peter couldn't find anybody to watch the kids. Is that why? No, our kids can watch themselves. Oh, they're old enough, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. But I think sometimes simpler is better and just having one evening as opposed to Friday night, half of Saturday. So, South City's simplicity. Sounds like a branding thing. Hmm. And uh, who's the speaker this Friday? Dave is the speaker. Dave, Mm -hmm. you're speaking? (laughs) Yep. Surprising. (laughs) What uh, What are you speaking on, Dave? Uh, Colossians 3. I've heard about that text. What's that text about? Well, Stacy asked me to talk about marriage and the gospel. 
think I said <laughs> or something. How does the gospel yeah. impact your marriage? Mm. Yeah. And so, so then we we went back and forth a little bit, and um, Colossians three is <sighs> maybe uh, maybe the most life changing passage in my life about just the gospel. Um, I just I, just recently, at least over the last five or six years, and just understanding, uh, you know, like this phrase "identity in Christ." What does that actually mean? And then, therefore, how how does my identity, which can feel ethereal or mystical or something, how does it get really practical? And where does the rubber meet the road? So, and I think I think Stacy actually is the one who said something about Colossians three first, and so then I jumped at that because. I love it. So as we were talking today, we thought it would be great to do a podcast episode on a little bit of what you're seeing in Colossians and not really only how it applies to marriages, Mm -hmm. but just to relationships in general, Uh, Christocentrically, Christocentric relations, something. Yeah. Something like that. So why don't you uh, give us an overview of what you're seeing in Colossians 3 and what's so meaningful there? Yeah, so, I mean, just a quick roadmap of Colossians 3, 1 to 17 would be uh, verses 1 to 4 are really this call to um, think about who we are. In other words, uh, when he says, if then, he's saying you have been. Uh, That's the way he's using if there. So therefore, since you have been raised in Christ, um, you have died, verse 3, your, so that's past, that's happened to sin. Your life is hidden with Christ in God, that's present. And when Christ, who's your life, appears, you'll appear with him. That's future. So your past, present, and your future, you know what is most true about you now, and that is that you're in Christ, you'll be with Christ. And he says, think about that. <laughs> like, set your minds on it. So, And I think the idea of set your minds, and then he uh, it, is, it's, actually an intense setting of your minds, like a focusing. And I think he's saying, this is a whole new mindset. This is how you think about all of life. This is how you view your circumstances. This is how you view your relationships. Um, And then in light of that, I mean, a really quick summary would be in light of that, uh, in verses 5 to 11, uh, there's some... uh, there's some clothes that you wore in your old life when you were <laughs> outside of Christ that don't fit anymore, don't make sense anymore. And then there's uh, some new clothes that you should put on. Um, and so, and, and I think all of that's flowing out of identity in Christ. So you used to be something, that's not who you are anymore. And then we all know, right, that we, uh, that's true. Set your mind on it, think about it. But we all live in this broken world and we all, uh, we all feel the the temptations that come in life, the brokenness of relationships. It's not like it all snap of the fingers gets better. So then Paul's saying, so hey, here, if this is who you are and this is what you're called to think like, here's how that's going to start working itself out. And I think what's interesting is that what he goes to, by and large, in this, in verses 5 to 17, is interrelational realities. All the characteristics here are just, here's how you relate to one another. Would you expand that to verse 18 and following? So the parallel Christian household texts, yeah. super parallel to Ephesians, you know, kind of six, yep. I think it's six classic categories. Like yep. it's uh, wives, 
husbands, children, fathers, it says, you know, parents by extension, but specifically to fathers yep. and then servants or slaves and masters. Would you say that the realities you're seeing in one through 17, uh, like expand into 18 or is Paul addressing something different? I think they expand all the way to chapter four, uh, verse six. Okay. Actually, mm. I think that when he talks about, uh, being steadfast in prayer. Right, right. Um, walking in wisdom towards outsiders. Yep, walking yeah. in wisdom towards outsiders. He's talking about how do I now operate in light of this new identity and reality. Um, so yeah, I think I think 1 to 17 are kind of the the general realities that kind of apply to all of it. And then he gets more granular with wives and husbands and parenting and slaves and masters and outsiders and stuff as he goes along. Right. What I love about this, and comparing this to the Ephesians text, which is parallel in a number of ways, is uh, like where he says there, you know, be filled with the Spirit, mm-hmm. several main verbs, and then how that relates to your, you know, uh, mm-hmm. be filled with the Spirit for Paul looks like uh, not, uh, um, although Acts certainly says this way, you know, mm-hmm. there's miraculous things that take place, mm-hmm. but for Paul, the miracle is, you start singing to other people. You start singing in your heart. You yeah. give thanks in everything, and you submit to one another yeah. out of reverence for God. That's yeah. miraculous to him. Yeah. And then it looks like these six things here, right before he launches into the um, the four different or the six different relationships, and then the other stuff after that. He says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly." Yep. Yeah main verb, and then teaching and monishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The parallel, uh, and I mean, it, it even is above that too. Like, yep. let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Yep. Okay, so peace of Christ ruling in hearts, word of Christ dwelling in you richly, I think is parallel in Paul's mind to be filled with the Spirit. Yep. So the be filled with the Spirit is not, again, uh, it is existential, but it's not... Um, you know, this kind of perhaps overly supernatural thing that's unmoored from the other supernatural things that God has put forward. Right. Um, like that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, the other, the other thing I'd say too um, is that chapter three comes after chapter two, yeah. which is important in reading the context. And so in chapter two, Paul's uh, addressing a couple different, what I would just say, uh, a couple different types of spirituality that he's saying are not true Christianity. Yeah. One of them being uh, kind of a a legalistic, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Yeah. He says, he says yeah. they have an appearance of wisdom in, a, in a promoting self-made religion and severity to the body, but they're of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So you can see legalism, uh, which in marriage, you know, like if my spouse would just measure up to this standard or if I could just do these things, everything would be better. Uh, that's, or in any relationship, (laughs) uh, if, if they would just do this, if I could just do this, um, then you have the whole, uh, worship of angels and visions of angels, which I think is, is Paul saying, uh, maybe to your point, Daniel, you're looking for that silver bullet moment of experience. That's going to change everything. And he's going, no, that's that's not it either. Which we I think we also see a lot in tough marriages. Yeah, like I need yeah. that silver bullet. I need this revelation. I need this moment. And I think what Paul is going to say is uh, true Christianity 
is much more profound than either of those things and much more uh, practical day to day. Like it's like true Christianity is I am, I know who I am in Christ. I'm thinking about that. And in this moment, you know, whether it's here on this podcast right now in this moment, or when I go home in my marriage or when I go home in my parenting or when I talk to the barista or, you know, like wherever I am, I'm in Christ and he's in me and this stuff is going to come out of me. Right. And in this moment, I want to, I want to, I want to do that. Right. And, and, and in a marriage, um, I think that when things are really bad, you know, they're, they've been really bad for a long time. And there've been a lot of those moments that are frustrating and hard. And then that's, that's true with any relationship that's going poorly. And there's no silver bullet. There's no legalism. There's no standard that's going to fix it. It's going to be another 500 of those moments walking and living as much as you can with Jesus and for Jesus that are going to rebuild a Christ centered reality. I think this is getting at too that, you know, um, practical strategies and, you know, marriage help can definitely be helpful, Mm -hmm. but without kind of getting to the heart of it or who we are in Christ and doing these things that Colossians three talks about, those are just going to be, you know, outward things that we do to help. Um, And so I think as each person in any relationship, marriage or any, any other relationship is doing these things themselves, you know, abiding in Christ and putting to death sin in their own hearts and then putting on all the things in verse 12 on, um, you're getting your own heart in a right place and that is going to impact the relationship. It's not going to fix the other person. It's not going to make everything quickly better like you've been saying, but mm-hmm. um, you're going to be living out of who you are in Christ yeah. and hopefully reflecting the fruits of the spirit. And that that honors the Lord, even if yeah. the relationship isn't magically healed yeah. perfectly. And what and what's so great about that then is then you're not relying on, like you're not waiting to live based on this relationship being perfect. Right. Like, like you, you get to live with Christ right now. You can yeah. follow him and be faithful regardless of what, is happening with the other person. Yeah, that's right. As hard as that is. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. yeah, and we're certainly talking about, to some degree, where there's a sense of mutuality in relationships. Yeah. Even if right. one person's yep. sense of that is eclipsing the others. There's certainly other kinds of relationships where it's the intent of a person yeah. to use or even abuse yeah, yeah, yeah. the right. other person. Yes. And those kinds of... Re- this still applies... Yeah. But in kind of an asymmetrical way to some degree where what you're doing is you're bearing with your, um, you know, looking to Christ, but also looking to his means of grace to help shape that relationship differently or even confront yeah. in yep. that relationship. Well, yeah, I mean, it says put on love. Sometimes yeah. love means um, <laughs> distancing yourself from the other person or bringing in other help, you know, um, other outside, you know, factors to help and consequences being what they may. Well, and yeah. even from this passage, what's so helpful is obviously part of loving someone else would be calling them to put to death these things. Yep. <laughs> right? right. So, so, yep. so, you know, if you're, if you have a, uh, 
pornography addiction or other forms of sexual immorality, the answer is not, well, you, who's the other person in this relationship, you just don't worry about that. You just focus on Christ. Don't ever call them to account because that would not be loving because right. we want to help them live out of their identity in Christ too, you know, yep. or anger and wrath and slander and obscene talk. You know, love is, hey, put that off. <laughs> uh, that's not yeah. good for you. And so I think, I think that's a helpful word, Daniel, to just say this mm-hmm. is not. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. even I would go to the end of three and the beginning of four in the yep. word to slaves and masters. Yep. Uh, verse 25. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. Yeah. There is no partiality. Mm. Yep. Yes. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that yep. you also yep. have a master in heaven. Yep. So right there, there's even like a power differential relationship, right? Right. Yep. In Roman society. Yep. And Paul is just leveling the field. Yep. Why? Because there's a God in heaven who's seeing it yep. all go down. Yep. And he ain't going to suffer none of that to happen. Yep. Yep. So I think there's like, even here yep. we can see some, some measure of like, uh, where there's, you're being used, you're being abused. Yes, you can bear under that, mm-hmm. but God also sees yep. and he is going to judge appropriately. And I wouldn't even put that in an eschatological end times, you know, that will get sorted out in eternity way. I would also put that as like, there are ways and answers for that ways that that final judgment is meant to be like previewed here. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the local church. That's right. That's right. What else would you guys say about this passage or about the topic? Yeah. I mean, I, just to um, say that I, sometimes these lists, you know, like my, what I would have, well, I will have done <laughs> on Friday night is not spend a ton of time exegeting every, you know, how do these all fit together? I, th- mm-hmm. I don't think Paul right. means them to like, I like, I've seen some people try to do that. Oh, they're in this sequential order. They're in this thing. And I, I think Paul's just saying, man, when you're in Christ, like here, here's what you're called to, you know what that means. <laughs> and so, my, my prayer is just that, uh, and what's been impactful for me is, okay, this is who I am in Christ. I'm just going to think about, do I bear with other people? You know, do I, is my heart prone towards forgiveness? Is there peace that rules in my heart or am I filled mm-hmm. uh, with the opposite of that? Am I thankful? You know, like just these, just these really basic things that maybe you can take for granted as you read them because they're just Christianese type stuff. But when you really stop and go, man, do those things mark me? We're not with the goal being condemnation, but the goal being, I want to walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want to walk closely with Jesus. And I want to, you know, to Stacy's point, I want my, I want when I walk into a room or a space, like especially in my home and then at church or wherever I find myself, I want the aroma of Christ to be a sweet thing that impacts others in all the ways it ought to. So, yeah, yeah. amen. Guys, thanks for joining me for this. Uh, Looking forward to the marriage night and uh, everything will flow out of that. Thanks again. Thanks.